0: There's a word from the Lord as we continue this first series of this year of 2020. 2020 has been deemed here at the Bible Way Church of Atlas Road as the year of perfect vision, seeing as God sees. The first series that God instructed us to share is simply entitled Seeing Ourselves as God Sees Us. Amen. Amen. There's a bookmark with uh, the sermons on it. If you did not get it, the ushers would be glad to share it with you. I am so proud of this. Uh, someone said to me the other day that I was at the beauty shop and I saw the bookmark. Uh, that says seeing as God sees. I says, we're getting the word around. Amen. Share it. Take it to work. Just purposely drop it somewhere. Amen. Uh, you'd be surprised who can be blessed. By the word of God. This is the fourth message in this series. The fourth message. And the text for today's message is one verse that is found in the second chapter of the book of James. Second chapter of the book of James. We're reading from the New International, which is known as the NIV Translation. Here is the word of God as recorded by James verse 23 and the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credit to him as righteousness and here's where the subject for this fourth message is found and he was called God's friend. (laughs) I love that verse. And he was called not a mighty warrior, not a mighty patriot, not even the father of faith. But when it really mattered, he was called God's friend. And the church said, amen amen Amen. look over at somebody standing next to you and here's the subject for the fourth message look at someone and say a friend of God amen Amen. Amen. clap those hands as you take your seat a friend of God we're going to talk about friendship this morning real friendship Amen. Not fake friends, but real friends. Amen. Because you do know that there is a difference, right? Not digital friends. Popularity cannot be judged by how many people follow you on Facebook or social media especially to our young adults. I, I, I shared this before we get into the message. I, I discovered something many years ago, several years ago, as Facebook had been launched and I joined and, uh, at the advice of those who were advising me. <laughs> and uh, i never forget, uh, my dear brother Antoine Seawright was managing my account and that and I didn't know much. So I joined and and somebody said to me a week later, Pastor Jackson, Senator Jackson, I forgot what they called me. Man, I I'm trying to sign up, but I can't sign up because you've got over 5,000 friends. I am naive. I didn't know any better. So I called Antoine up, man. Wow, man, I'm all right. I I got this reelection. I've got over 5,000 friends. I'll never forget Antoine said so you do know half of them probably don't like you okay. <laughs> <laughs> and following you just to be nosy <laughs> so it kind of brought me down to reality <laughs> I, I I I discovered <laughs> that everybody who follows you and call you friend is not always your friend <laughs> listen it has been said That perhaps the greatest honor of any human being is to simply be called and mean it a genuine, somebody help me say genuine, friend. If you want to be honored, it's not by giving you another title. It's not by putting some other award associated with your name you really want to be honored. The question is, who can call you friend? That is perhaps the greatest honor of the world. Listen, contrary to what some folk would have you believe, there are some folk who walk around, I don't need anybody, I don't have to have anybody, I can do bad all by myself. I don't need no friends. I don't need nobody in my life. Amen. But contrary to what they say, everybody needs somebody in your life you can count on. Am I right about it? Everyone needs someone in your life that you can trust everyone needs someone in your life that you can simply and genuinely mean it and call them friends. We all need somebody. The problem is we don't always need the people we think we need. The problem is we don't always need the people that show up in our life. Can I help you out? Joe discovered this. <laughs> Elder Madison, Joe discovered something. You know what? Sometimes, I love this, I love the commentary of Joe. We had a wonderful professor at CIU, Mac, who's now dead and gone, Dr. Terry Hubbard. And You remember him, Dr. Cheryl. He taught Old Testament. <laughs> he said something profound. I was sitting in his class and this dropped at me. He said, sometimes you don't know who's not your friend until your back hits the wall can i get a witness because dr hubbard said Job went on and thinking man i'm popular i'm the richest man in the land i've got all of this stuff my three closest friends are ride or die until his back hit the wall and he lost everything pastor bradley And he was no longer the richest man in the land. He had sores from the crown of his head to the sole of his feet. And he was not the guy who was buying lunch, but the guy who needed lunch. Preach Pastor Jackson. Job's friends spent a week with him, days with him, and concluded, you are a sinful man. Only reason you're going through what you're going through is because you had not the relationship with God you thought you had. You know what Job called them in the text? Go back and read it. He says, you are, quote, miserable comforters. <laughs> it wasn't until Job back hit the wall and his money ran out that he found out that y'all really are not my friends because a friend loves it at all times. Job realized that I need somebody in my life, but I don't need you all. And he had to conclude that I have a relationship with God and God is enough. Listen, it is important for us to have relationships. It is important for us to develop friendships, but I want to share a few things with you. It is important, however, that we never compromise our values, our integrity, or our faith just to be in a relationship. Can I repeat this? I want to repeat this to every single person that's looking to hook up. To everybody that's looking for the next great relationship, you should never compromise your values, your integrity, or your faith just to be in a relationship. I've got a word for you that I need you to help me preach. Look at somebody and say, it's never worth it. And some of you are about to jump out of your skin because you want to testify. You just don't want folk to know your business. You wish you can jump up and just wave your hand, say, Pastor, it's so right. Can I tell you all my story? <laughs> Am I right about it? Some of you got the scars to prove it. And compromising your integrity, your values, or your faith is never worth it. I want to leave you with a couple of things that God dropped in my spirit that quotes that I want to put on the board so you can see this. I want you to remember this. Number one, here it is on the screen. We'll leave it there. Take a screenshot of it. Write it down. Do whatever you want. God told me to drop this in your spirit. In fact, I need y'all to help me with somebody else. Look over at somebody and say, Real friendship will never require you to compromise what God intended for you to be. Now just think about that for a moment. Real friendship will never ask you to compromise what God intended for you to be. If God wanted you to be a mighty man of God, your friends. Will not ask you to compromise that. If God wanted you to be a mighty woman of God, your relationships will not put that in jeopardy. Ooh, I'm preaching to somebody this morning right now. If, if if you're walking around trying to choose between your friendship and your faith, that choice has already been made. Choose your faith. You will end up happier than what you would be with the fake friend that I should compromise what God intended for you to be. Here's the second thing that I want to put up. Real friendship, compliments. Don't miss out on this. Please see this. Every young person under the sound of my voice, every, I would not just say young, because I found out, Mother Jackson, there are a whole lot of not so young folk on social media trying to get the next hook up. I'm going to look. Where where can I look that nobody think I'm talking about? (laughs) But real friendship complements your God-given purpose. It does not work in conflict with it. If there is friction between your friendship and your purpose your friendship needs to go. Can I preach this? It does not work in conflict with who God has called you to be and what your God-given purpose is. And help me understand something. You can't ever change Folk that don't want to be. I am tired. I told Pastor Lawson this morning. If he had a dollar. And just gave me half of it. Of everybody that he's counseled. And told them. Maybe you ought to wait. And they decided, well, I know there's some issues there, but I think I can work. What make you think you can do what the Holy Ghost has not done? May I preach? If there's some change that has to happen, it's not going to happen because you lay up in their arms and stroke them with platitudes that make them feel good about their jacked up life. It happens when you accept who you are and whose you are and you know that you belong in God. So if anything, I'm not just talking about some relationship between somebody who wants to go. I'm just talking about any relationship, friendship anything sorority fraternity anything you are in if anything works in conflict with what god has called you to be now i'm not condemning that because i don't have a problem with that in fact there's some good things that are done but everything has to be done in godly order problem is that when you put stuff ahead of where god ought to be. God said you you can have as many friends as you want as many social things as you want but understand who comes first in your life. When there's a conflict between what God wants you to do and what somebody else desires for
1: you who do you choose?
0: Is it God? Or will it be someone or something else? Now as wonderful And as great as genuine friends are, genuine friends that you can truly count on, I've got a message for you this morning. It does not in any way compare to the joy and the fulfillment you will experience when God calls you a friend. (laughs) Okay. <laughs> Can I say that again? You, you may have some friends in your life that are good, but they cannot compare to the joy you have and the fulfillment you have and the peace that far exceeds all human understanding when God calls you a friend. When you know you are a friend of God, there's a certain peace that if nobody ever hits you up or calls you or texts you or messages you, you still know that you've got a great relationship with God. Can I preach to somebody? All I need is just a handful of you all. Maybe some of
1: you have not experienced this, but is anybody in the house have ever experienced the joy of walking with God? 're far exceeded
0: Woo. Don't fool me now Any witnesses? Anybody ever felt the joy of God Woo. even when you were by yourself. You know you were not alone. I come to the garden
1: while the dew is still on the roses. He walks with me. He talks with me. He tells me I am his own. Woo! And the joy I share as I tear with Look at somebody and say, neighbor, he is that kind of friend.
0: (laughs) When your back was against the wall. When you were embarrassed by things you had done in your own life, you could not confess to anyone else. (laughs) And you needed someone to share it with. You needed more than a head knowledge of who God was. We need to know more than know about God. Let me pause for a minute and dwell on that. We are so obsessed with knowledge of things about God. And we are so easily impressed by someone's ability to articulate something about God that we ought to know for ourselves. And I know, and I listen, I, I have no problems with that. I, I have been blessed uh, to study at some wonderful places, and there is something to be said about knowing how to properly exegete the scripture. something to be said about knowing the difference between homiletics Mac, and hermeneutics. something to be said about not misquoting sure. Things that are in the Bible. The Bible says study to show thyself self-approval. Rightly dividing the word of God. But I stop by to tell you that as powerful as it is to know cognizant about God from a theological hermeneutics homiletical standpoint. It is more powerful to have a personal, Dr. Corey, relationship with God. May I preach this? Let me give you. uh, Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. The, The King James Version. The Apostle Paul, perhaps the most learned human being in all of Scripture. Far above David. Learned in books. Solomon was wise given to by God. But, uh, came, but the apostle Paul sat at the feet of Gamaliel. He studied at the most prestigious places you could study. Wrote more books in the Bible than anyone. So he had a, a book knowledge of who God was. In fact, he had to have been. All you've got to do is read the book of Romans and you would be so impressed with Paul's ability to dissect the Old Testament and and blend it in with the gospel of the New Testament. But all of that did not matter with Paul. We
1: find that he writes these words in Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. He doesn't talk about Knowing about God. Because when your back is against the wall, you've got to know more than the Hebrew words for God. You've got to know more than the Greek words for God. You've got to know more than he's Jehovah Tashibu, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah this and Jehovah that. That's alright when you teach Sunday school. But when your back is against the wall and pain's racking in your body and you don't know if you can make it or not and you're about to lose your mind, you've got to not know about God. But look at somebody say, so you've got to know God. You've got to have a relationship with God. Thus Paul writes that I may know him in the power of his resurrection and in the fellowship of his suffering you've got to go through something with god to know anything about god is there anybody who's ever went through something with god and you can say he's a hard fixer there anybody in the house that know for yourself and you can say he's a way maker I wish I had a witness I wish I had a praiser I wish I can find me somebody that'll jump up on your sanctified feet and say pastor he's a hard fixer He's away
0: Where's my old church? The first church The little church Second church Well, Elder Bill, There was a mother in the old church The mother of Deacon
1: Joe Nesbitt She wasn't trained In theology She did not know the difference Between hermeneutics and homiletics But she had A relationship With God And every now and then On a Sunday night, Mother Maddie Harris would get up and say, what you know about Jesus? Can I preach? May I preach? What you know about Jesus? get on the devil's nerve what you know about Jesus he's all right he's all right somebody leap one time say he's all right I'm trying to move on Deacon Al but one more time in honor of everybody in the old church grab your neighbor by the hand and shake it like you're about to shake it off and say neighbor what you know about Jesus y'all excuse me i hadn't planned on going this way but somebody shout he's all right he's a heart fiction he's a man Y'all help me praise him. Y'all help me praise him. Get you a praise partner and say, neighbor, I don't know everything, but this I know. When I'm sick, he's a doctor in the sick room. When I'm in trouble, he's a lawyer. in the courtroom he's all right Sarah he's a surgeon in the operating room y'all make the devil mad and give God your best he's all right praise
0: So what are you saying, Pastor Jackson? <laughs> Let me bring this for a circle. When you know someone, and not just about someone, woo, <laughs> you can speak of their character. Amen, somebody? See, most people that talk about me don't know me. <laughs> but when you know somebody, and not just about See, I know
1: Roy Bradley. I've been knowing him all my life. So when I speak of Pastor Bradley, I'm speaking of what I know. Anybody know something about the Lord? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I know something. I know when I was in trouble, he was my friend. When I was sick, he was my comforter. I know he's my joy. I know he's my peace. Whoa! Come on and praise him. Y'all excuse me. Touch somebody. Say, this is personal. This is personal. Lord has done for me. Can I preach? May I preach? You can't tell it. Let me tell it. What the Lord has done for me. Woo!
0: Come on, Zion. So here it is. Here it is. I tried to stay on point. Y'all got to come back Tuesday night and I'll be more structured. But every now and then, you just got to drop the cute facade. Every
1: now and then, you got to forget about your title and your position. And think of your relationship with God. And if God has been your friend, then God deserves your praise. Woo! God deserves, God deserves, God deserves. Woo!
0: stand to your feet I'm gonna put these three things on the board go to the last three points why God is that kind of friend somebody say, why is he so special I'm gonna help you out number one look at someone say he's a friend in need the Quartet group, the late Deacon Pelamias wrote a song, Deacon Robert Stokes, When I Need Him Most. Y'all young people don't know anything about that. But Jesus steps right in. Woo! <laughs> don't y'all start nothing in here. <laughs> Y'all don't know nothing about that, do you? When I need him most, Jesus steps right in. When I need him most, one thing, the first thing that makes him a friend is that he is a friend in need. And a friend in need is a friend indeed. Second thing that makes him a special friend is that he's a friend that loves at all times. Proverbs 17 and 17 says a friend loves at all times. Some of you have had some sometime friends. uh, Amen. With some up and down love. Love you can't count on. But how do you know that God is your true and genuine friend? that he loves you at all the times. Paul writes, while we were yet sinners, listen to what the scripture says, and God commended his love towards us, that while we were yet in our sins, Christ died for us. I'm so glad that he didn't start loving me when I became lovable. Because the truth of the matter is some of us are not lovable even now. It's hard to love some of y'all. (laughs) Amen. Can I just be honest? It's hard to love some people. But God loves at all times. And then number three, which is so powerful. John first John 1 and 9 the new living translation writes these words for we confess our sins to him he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and this is the part i want to lift up to you and cleanse us from all unrighteousness point number 3 I need you to help me with this. Catch someone by the hand and say, neighbor, he's a friend that forgives and restores. And can I add another word and forgets? (laughs) Clap those hands, by the way. Clap those hands. Clap those hands. Clap those hands. Woo!
1: He's a friend that forgives,
0: restores, and he forgets. Somebody wave those hands. And so here is the question. Of all of those on the face of this earth who calls you a friend does it really matter if God cannot call you his friend what does a profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul I told you my Facebook experience I realized that 5,000 people signed up in my Facebook account in three days were not always my friends. But I discovered something, Deacon Glover. I really didn't need any of those 5,000. As long as I had a vertical relationship with God, everything else was all right. Let me put it the way Sister Tremaine Hawkins puts it as we prepare for the altar. She writes this song that says, If you ever need a friend that sticks closer than any brother, I recommend Jesus. I recommend Jesus because he's that kind of friend. He will never forsake you. This is the part I like, even though he knows everything there is to know about you. Look at somebody and say, I recommend Jesus because he is that kind of friend. He'll walk right in front of you. I've got a whole lot of friends that'll walk behind me. (laughs) But Jesus takes the arrows for me. He'll walk right in front of you. Always protect you. Can I pause right there? The beauty of that verse is that those who walk behind you are expecting you to protect them. But those who walk in front of you take the bullet for you. You've got a whole lot of folk that will walk behind you. But do you have any who will walk in front of you? Look at somebody and say, he is that kind of friend. So the devil can't do you no harm. He's faithful. Every day <laughs> ah, to help you along the way, look at somebody as you leave your seat and walk down the aisles and tell somebody he is that kind of friend. Come on. God is calling somebody to be his friend right now. Come on,. Oh, yeah. That's right yeah. If
2: you ever
0: Thank you, Sister Francis. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
2: Need a friend Ooh,
0: uh, yeah.
2: mm. that sticks closer right. than any brother. <coughs> I recommend Jesus. Ooh.
0: Uh, I recommend Jesus. Uh,
2: Jesus,
0: Saint Francis. Jesus,
2: uh, he, because yeah.
0: he is uh, uh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. that oh. kind oh. of friend. Uh, mm. He will never
0: never forsake you
2: never forsake you
0: even though he knows
2: even though he knows everything everything there is to know about you, about you. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Jesus.
0: walking in front of me to always
2: Ooh, uh, protect you is the so devil. Ooh, yeah. oh, I know He's hurting right somebody
0: And minds to have this altar experience. An altar experience is not just for those that are at the altar, but to everyone under the sound of my voice, if you are viewing by way of internet, listening by way of radio. God says, as we begin this year of 2020, this is now the fourth Sunday of this first month. God's challenge to us is to make sure you monitor who calls you friends and be even more careful of who you call a friend. God says I want to be your friend and I'll deal with this on Tuesday night. God took the service in a different direction but he called Abraham his friend. Because Abraham was faithful and obedient. And God says, and because Abraham put his faith into action, the Bible says, and God credit him with righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. When God calls you a friend, doesn't mean you're perfect. Just mean, Lord, here I am. I'm available. I'm accessible. <laughs> I'm faithful. Do you want God to be your friend? And even more importantly, do you want Him to consider you as His friend? I want to share this final analogy as we prepare for the altar. As I was putting this message together, Pastor Bradley and Mother Jackson, you would appreciate this. I said, it's something when the father becomes the friend. You've got to understand, Madison, that God was Abraham's father. And that relationship could have just existed like that, and that would have been all right. But I don't know if any of you had the privilege of having your father become your friend. <laughs> but that's something I can testify about. And God helped me to understand what it meant because, see, my dad was also my very best friend. And he was not just my father, but he was my friend. And God said, here's the difference. As father, he was my provider. As father, he undergrewed me. But as a friend, he consoled me. He comforted me. He spoke truth into my life when I didn't want to hear it. When I was young and married, and my wife and I were struggling, and my second child was just born. Here I am, 25 years old. And I go to Daddy and said, Daddy, I don't know if I want this. I don't want any of this. I didn't ask for any of this. He didn't open his mouth. That was all right. But a friend tells you the truth at all times after I got finished crying he gave me his handkerchief he said you done I said yeah he said get up go home and be a man so what kind of advice is that (laughs) get up go home and be a man and you know what it wasn't until years later sometimes I drive by Greenlawn Cemetery right now And I look at dad's place of barrier and say, I'm a man. (laughs) (laughs) Because a friend tells you what you need to hear, not just what you want to hear. And when God becomes your friend, he doesn't always give you things to make you feel good. Sometimes he challenges you to be good. And in challenging us to be good, it doesn't always feel good. But at the end, it'll bless you like you've never been blessed before. Is there anybody in here who wants your father, Jehovah, to also be your friend? Ooh, Lift those hands. And if you're here today, and, and you are missing something in your life. Now here's the key. I know this is a big church and a big worship center. Over 2,000 people are in here looking at you. and I know it's hard sometimes to stand at this altar and say, I'm ready to take the next step. But you block out everybody. Everybody. Nobody in the balcony matters. No one on the quiet stand matters. No one, no matter where they are. This is just you and God. Okay? Close those eyes. And if God is challenging you to improve the relationship he has with you. So here, here's the thing, and this is the one point, mother, that God told me to point out. And this blew my mind when God told me this. I had to... I had to grasp this God says see my my daddy is my father because he produced the seed that helped my mother to give birth to me but he's my friend because he chose to be with me and some of you have painful experiences from men who provided the seed but not the fellowship and that's painful But here's what God says. God said, I'm not one of those deadbeat kind of daddies. I I didn't just make sure that you were born into the world. I'm going to stick around to help you get nurtured as you go through the world. He's that kind of friend. And if you want that kind of relationship with God, God is calling you right now. Let us pray. Eternal Father, we thank you, we bless you. We thank you for this powerful series in which now we see ourselves as you see us. We are seeing ourselves not just as your child, but as your friend. (laughs) As a child, perhaps you are obligated to provide for us, but as a friend, you do it because of comfort and love. Thank you, Lord, for embracing us, Thank you, Lord, for loving us at all times. Thank you for being a friend in need. and Thank you for that third point. Being a friend that forgives, restores, and forget. You don't hold it against us. (laughs) And we say thank you. Somebody under the sound of my voice, they're looking for that kind of relationship. Help them accept your offer. For you write these words. These words are found in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And anyone that heareth my voice, and open the door. I'll come in and I'll fellowship with them. We hear you knocking and we're opening the door. Somebody is saying this morning, come in God, come into my dark place, come into my hurt space, come into my life. I need you to be that kind of friend. This is our prayer. In your name we pray and give thanks. And those who know it is so said, amen. Amen. Look at somebody and say a friend of God. Tell him he is that kind of friend. If you're here this morning and you want to make that next step, come on, i wait for you right at this altar. Just stand. You don't have to go back. You can say, here I am. You want to make it. Come on, somebody else. You all want to join. Just stand right here. Anyone else, he is. Somebody else. Look at God. Somebody else is coming right now. Yeah. Come on, by the way, let's celebrate. Celebrate those that are coming. Anyone else? Always.
1: Whoever you are, wherever you are, God's calling you. Maybe there's someone else.
2: Can't do you know.
1: else God call wherever you are
2: because he is, yes he is.
0: would you clap your hands for those who've accepted the challenge come on as we stand to our feet for the benediction we invite you back on Tuesday night for just one hour But there's some more that I want to share with you on Tuesday night. And then don't forget Wednesday, we're invited to First Nazareth Baptist Church to be in their Winter revival. I am the guest speaker on that Wednesday night. So we ask as many of you can to join us with that again. We are so happy to see Joe and and Shanita and and we're happy to see all the Madison, Deacon Kennedy and everyone that's back. Amen. We thank God for all of you. Lift those hands all over this place. So the takeaway from today's message is this. Can God call you a friend? Here's what I want you to think all week long. Can God call me his friend? And if the answer is yes, celebrate. If the answer is I'm not sure, you need to work on it. Because tomorrow is not promised. Amen. Now may the grace of God and the sweet communion of his Holy Spirit rest, rule, and abide with us now, tomorrow, and forevermore. And the church said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for that.